You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show, joining you from a very sunny and warm October day here in Los Angeles, California. Hope that you are doing well. Hope that you're sober. Hope that you are happy and hope that you are doing it. You're doing your sober journey. I want to dive in uh, in this episode here to uh, to a topic that I think is super important. If you're listening to this and you're sober, trying to get sober, whether you have a couple of days of recovery or you have 20 years, this is going to be a really great message because we're talking about the sober journey and we're talking about actions. We're talking about small things that make a big difference in your recovery. Uh, you know, I was excited about doing this episode because after I look back on my recovery and I see some of the really honestly big bombastic moves that I made, rarely were those the moves that made the difference. Matter of fact, those were the moves that typically hurt me. They typically hurt me either in my life, they hurt me in my recovery. And so you might be asking yourself, Damon, what, what were the moves that really that you did? What were the things that did that really got you that long-term sobriety? And I'm going to tell you right now, it was the small things. And I identified four of these small things that you can do and apply in your everyday life that are going to make really massive leaps forward in your recovery long-term. Before I dive into those four things, I just want to remind everybody, if you're not a subscriber to the Recovered Life newsletter, you are missing out every week. We bring you a newsletter delivered to your email inbox, jam-packed with all of the latest and greatest news about recovery, sobriety, uh, recovery messages, interviews. Uh, with top professionals. Do not miss out. Treat yourself. It is a free subscription. Just go to recoveredlife.us, www.recoveredlife.us, and sign up for free. So let's dive into the things, the small things that make the massive impact here. And, you know, I wanted to do this because I was just at a 12-step meeting, uh, earlier this week. And I was listening to a group of people who had just come in to recovery. They were all newcomers. And they were talking about these really big moves that they were going to make and about how it was going to really change their quality of recovery. And again, like I'm saying, I love big moves. Look, I'm an entrepreneur. I, 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 I love doing big things. I've done big things in my recovery. I don't regret doing big things. But when I look about the quality of my individual recovery and the things that made the biggest difference and the biggest added to the quality of my recovery, it was the small things. And like I said, uh, without further ado, I'm going to jump into these four things that I really feel were game changers for me. They were game changers for me. And looking back over several decades of continuous recovery, I've really identified these four things as something that um, really, if applied day to day, and this is the thing, if just repeated day in, day out, are going to make massive difference in your recovery in a month, six years, a year, 20 years, 30 years, whatever that might be. So 
let's dive into them. What are these small things? And before I do that, before I go into number one, I want to talk about what aren't small things, right? The big things that we're talking about are these big, drastic moves. Now, in early recovery, these are determined sometimes as they're, they're identified as geographics, right? Huge sweeps of friends, right? I've heard a lot of people, and I did a geographic in early recovery too. Even though it was in the same city, I moved a lot within that period of time. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't make a geographic because sometimes it's right for you, but you have to make that decision slow unless it's threatening your immediate recovery. So these big moves, like I'm going to get out of my 10-year career of doing this and go do this, right? Just these huge earth-shattering moves, especially while you're trying to get sober, a lot of times is a bad idea. You need consistency and you need to apply the things that work. So now we've identified what some of these big sweeping things might be. What are the small things? What are the things looking back that I say, you know, really matter? Um, you know, number one, and this is going to sound so basic for everybody, but I'm telling you, this by far has been the biggest force multiplier showing up. What I'm just going to deem number one is the power of showing up. That's right. Very, very simple. Just showing up. Now, why does this make a huge difference? Well, look, if you're listening to this and you're in recovery or you're maybe on the fence Maybe you're even trying out this whole Sober October thing and you're saying, man, maybe I have a problem with alcohol and I'm I'm thinking about doing this for my life, right? I'm thinking about the whole recovery journey and doing this and embracing this. Well, the thing is, is that you have to show up, whether that's showing up at recovery meetings, showing up at your therapist, uh, just showing up for your life day to day. And I think a lot of people get this confused with showing up with their best self, Right that they're going to be at the top of their game. So take like a pitcher, like if you're Clayton Kershaw, you're going to show up and, you know, you're going to pitch a no-hitter every day. I'm not talking about that. Yes, if you have a good attitude, that's great when you show up. But even if you don't have a bad even if you have a bad attitude or a eh attitude and you're not really thrilled to show up, if you show up to life, if you just show up for your family, for recovery meetings, for your friends, whatever you need to show up for, for your job, right? For your community. Even if you just show up and you're there, that is the biggest force multiplier. Because what I found about just showing up was the gateway for me to move to where I needed to go. That's where the people came in, the ideas came in. Now, I will tell you, many times, I have shown up places and had a really bad attitude. Matter of fact, embarrassingly so. I look back at some of the things that I've showed up for and had a just a really bad attitude and didn't contribute full out, didn't even play full out on some things, but just literally showed up. What happened is when I stayed sober, my attitude towards things changed my belief towards things changed. And I didn't have to have the belief that my belief would change. I just had to show up, right? Just show up. And I have seen this be one of the biggest things. I think many people feel like, you know, I'd show up for my friends, but I don't have the answer for them. 
You know, I have a friend right now that's going through a lot of stuff and, you know, they have somebody, they've, they've had some deaths and some things that have happened in their family. And I really did not know what to say. I really didn't know what to say, but they needed help with something. So I showed up. And you know what I said? Wow, I don't even know what to say. I'm sorry for you. You know, I'm sorry that this is happening to you. But the fact that I just showed up and was there, amazing things have started to happen from that, right? And I didn't have the answers and I didn't have the words and I didn't also know what I needed to do. All I needed to know is that I needed to show up. So one, apply that showing up factor in your recovery, and you are going to win. Number two, and I think this is I, I think this is important. And for all of you multitaskers out there, and I have a buddy, Greg, who is in recovery. Shout out to Greg, who always says, you know what, multitasking is not a thing. And you know, I, I disagreed with him forever. And uh, you know, I think he was right at the end of the day. And I'm gonna say number two is. Do one thing at a time. Be where you're at at the moment. Now, what do I mean by that? Do one thing at a time. Be where you're at at the moment. If you're at work, be fully at work. Don't be planning your vacation uh, in a recovery meeting, uh, you know, doing whatever, thinking about something else. Think about work. Do one thing at a time. Commit yourself, whatever bandwidth you might have, to one thing at a time. One of the things that I learned in my consulting business and in one of my marketing companies was that I could do a whole lot with a couple of hours. But if I thought about what I was going to do, that was going to be 16 hours, 20 hours. It wasn't going to be the two or three hours that I really needed to put in it. Even with the Recovered Life Show and with the newsletter and everything, the thinking about it always is what holds me back. It is the doing of it in the moment that where all the victory lies. So what I say is ditch the multitasking, especially if you're into early recovery. Now, what does this mean? It doesn't mean you have one thing in your life. You just work or you just go to recovery meetings. You know, maybe you do right now. Yes, you can do many things in your life. You know, people are many things. I am many things. I'm a dad. You know, I'm a family person. I own dogs, right? Like I, I'm many things. I'm an, I'm, I'm an employer. I'm an employee. I'm, I'm sober, you know, I work with people, also people work with me. I'm many things, right? But doing it one at a time is the key. When you're talking with somebody and doing recovery, so many times I've been in meetings, checking my phone, doing this, doing that. You know what? Just put the 50 minutes in, put the 60 minutes in. Be there right now. Be in the moment right now. Stay in the moment. Do one thing at a time. And we know that alcoholism, especially drug addiction, this isn't just a physical allergy. This is also a thinking disorder. And many of us get overwhelmed with our own thoughts. I know I did, and I know in early recovery, this was one of my bigger problems, is that just staying focused just staying focused. And I'm not talking about, you know, ADHD, although some people might have that. I'm just talking about doing one thing at a time, right? You know, so many times we're 
filled with resentments or things that we wanted to say or things that we should say or things we have to do. We're overwhelmed. But just showing up and doing that one thing at a time makes a huge difference. Now, coupled with number two, number three is stay in the present. And this is a little different than one one thing at a time. And what I mean by stay in the present, and this is big, you know, Eckhart Tolle wrote The Power of Now. And if you have not read that, I would definitely, you know, say, yeah, get that, read that. If you're not a reader, get it on an audiobook. It It is, you know, look, it's a, it's a little dry. I'm going to tell you honestly, but the, the, the wisdom in there is invaluable. And even without reading it, I will give you the big takeaway. Stay in the present, stay in the now. You know, I've always said I've never seen anybody relapse in the present. They're always relapsing in the future or in the past. They're either future tripping about what's going to happen to them and what's going to what's going to happen or they're stuck in the past about what happened to them and resentments and problems and they can they're never in the present. And what happens if you're getting pulled to the 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 future and the past const, uh, constantly you can never be in the here and now. And recovery, I believe, is best described as a consciousness. And that consciousness is in the here and now. That consciousness does not reside by f- in the future trip. It doesn't reside in a past resentment or regret. It resides in the here and now. And at the end of the day, the absolute truth is all of us only have the here and now. And I knew this intellectually when I got sober. You know, I studied this a little bit in some philosophy courses at school, at the university. And I, you know, I understood it intellectually, but practically it was very tough for me, especially when I came in to recovery, really not being where I wanted to be. I did not feel at the time I had my basic needs met. Now, looking back, I did have my basic needs met. And one of the things about anxiety, if you suffer from anxiety in recovery, I found, for me personally, that anxiety, as it overlapped with my recovery, had to do more about my inability to let go of future tripping, about what I, where I thought I should be, what I thought I should be doing, right? And notice that robs me from one and two. That robs me, if I'm stuck in my head, I can't actually show up and I can't do one thing at a time. I'm always doing multiple things at a time because I'm not in the here and now. So number three, stay in the present. And I will tell you, even this morning, I'm gonna tell you, I wanted to do the show last night and I, you know, I just, I overthought it. And when I did it today, I'm like, okay, what do I have to do right here, right now? And when I get overwhelmed, I say to myself, hey, do I have, are all of my needs being met right here, right now? Am I being chased as my, uh, my first sponsor in Alcoholics Anonymous told me, shout out to Kevin. He was good. Are you being chased by wild dogs? And I said, no, I'm not. He said, shark attack imminent. And I would say no. And he'd say, okay, so right here, right now, you're okay. So let's do that next right action. 
which is something that I really got from 12 steps. Another way to say next right action is stay in the present. What do I have to do right here, right now? right here, right now. And many times, even 30 years later in my recovery journey, I will often say, feeling overwhelmed, but right here, right now, I have a place to stay. I have a place to live. I have food. I've eaten today. I have people in my around me that love me. I'm okay. I'm okay. My needs are being met. Anything else is great. But right here, right now, I'm okay. I'm okay. So stay in the present, friends. This is where that magic happens, staying in the present. Now, here is the fourth thing. And I call the fourth thing, trust the plan. Trust the plan. You know, I was in uh, the talent representation business for a large majority of my recovery um, and would represent uh celebrities and actors and all kinds of things. And a lot of times we'd have a plan, right? And what happens is all of a sudden we would forget the plan and go in a new direction. And looking back and some of the greatest successes I had is I stayed with that plan, right? I stayed with the plan. I showed up, stayed with the plan because ultimately, and I found this in business as well as life, I know what I need to do. Typically the plan is pretty it's pretty spelled out, right? And in recovery, it it might be your plan might be, hey, you know what? The truth with the capital T is I need to go to meetings. I need to have people around me. I need to be in an environment that doesn't have alcohol in it, right? Or I'm not tempted in a certain way. Whatever those things that you know that you need to do, right? To be able to stay sober long term, you have a plan that's in place. Trust the plan. What happens is in recovery, we get bored with the plan. It's not, it doesn't have enough sparkles and glitter. So we decide we need a new plan or there's been a roadblock in the plan and we actually have to do some work and we don't want to do the work. So we're like, new plan. And I've seen this with people overcomplicate this and relapse Time and time again, there'll be perpetual relapsers. And my question when they ask me, hey, Damon, you know, can you give me some advice about what to do about how to stay sober long term? I'm like, look, you already have the plan. Execution is your issue, not the plan. And when I say trust the plan, has the plan worked for other people? You know, look, I I have a very hard time seeing my own successes seen my own victory, seen how far I've come down the road. I can easily see it in other people. And I had to make a decision at one point in my recovery and that if I could see it in other people, possibly other people could see it in me. So part of my plan is having people around me who will tell me the truth. You know, I you know had a meeting with somebody a, uh, a couple of weeks ago and, you know, he pointed out to me about an area of my life that I was complaining about, feeling that I was getting no traction in, saying about how far I had actually come. And I had not really looked back on that. I had put that plan in place and I know enough not to abandon the plan. I'll just keep working the plan relentlessly, especially if I see the plan working with other people, right? Um, 
but I have a hard time seeing it. So sometimes part of that plan for you needs to be people who will tell you, yeah, hey, you know what? You two years wanted to do this and go down this path and look at all the stuff that's happened. I couldn't see all the cool stuff that had happened. I only saw the places that I didn't feel that I was being fulfilled. So trust that plan. You know, I always laugh and, you know, I have a friend who, uh, who, who asked me about productivity. How do you get so much done? And I said, you know, I really have retired thinking. I know what I need to do. I spent most of my time thinking about what I needed to do. And I already knew what I needed to do. What I needed to do was execute what I needed to do. I needed to work the plan, not rethink the plan over and over again. So for me, part of trusting the plan is not habitual addictive thinking, which so many of us in recovery do. So for me, I schedule my thinking. When I have deep thinking, I schedule it. And then at the end of it, I let it go and I drop it. I have a plan. I work the plan. Now, there are some times, guys, in life where you've prayed for answers. You haven't gotten an answer for it. And this has happened for me. You know, we talk about this a lot in recovery rooms about like, why isn't it happening? And this kind of goes back to number one, which is if you feel you have the best plan, you've run it off other people. You know that the plan tends to work for other people, but you're not seeing it. You know, the power of just keep showing up. Because what I found is my view is limited. My higher powers view is so much bigger, right? It's universal, it's global. I I can't always see what's going on. I can't see the power that I'm actually accumulating through just showing up, staying in the moment, right? Staying in the present, doing one thing at a time. I can't see all that momentum and force that's building up. And then one day it just appears. I will tell you guys, this has happened to me so many times where I've just said, man, I'm, I'm just gonna give up. This just isn't working for me, right? And you might be feeling like this now. And I just kept showing up And things all of a sudden started to peek through. And one day I was like, oh my gosh, where did this come from? And I realized, hey, I'd been working for that, but I had let go of that result. Letting go of that result of the plan allowed me to be able to stay in that present. So these four things, guys, and let me just repeat them again real quick. The power of just showing up, right? Doing one thing at a time. Staying in the present moment, right? and just trusting the plan. These are the four things that I really feel, these really small four things. And look, these are small. These are not huge things. This isn't like winning the lottery. This isn't like getting a PhD in something, right? This is, these are small little things that you can do every day. Anyone can do them. No matter where you're at in your recovery, no matter your education, your skill level, Everyone can do these four things. So doing these four things over and over and over again has worked for me. It's worked for countless people that I have seen on their recovery journey. So guys, I hope this helps. I hope you got something out of this episode. I am going to ask everybody for a favor. If you are a follower of The Recovered Life Show, please go to www.recoveredlife.us. 
And I would love you to join the newsletter uh, so we can stay in touch with you. Uh, we don't abuse the privilege. We only send out uh, one or two things a week uh, that I know that you will get some benefit from. And leave a review here, guys, on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this. Leave a review. Give us a like. It means a lot spreading the message. All right, guys, go out and live your best recovered life. Talk to you next time. Sometimes addiction recovery can be a lonely battle, but you don't have to fight it alone. At Recovered Life, we're dedicated to helping you live your best recovered life. And that's why we're inviting you to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter. Every week, we carefully curate exclusive content from leading minds in addiction recovery, mental health, and all things important to the recovery lifestyle. Stay in the know with the latest news about addiction and get exclusive invitations to specially recovery-focused events and explore insights tailored to support recovery from alcoholism, drug addiction, codependency, disordered eating, dysfunctional family dynamics, gambling, and so much more. With our newsletter, each week becomes an opportunity for growth, healing, and taking a step closer to the life you deserve. Take your first step towards a brighter future today. Go to recoveredlife.us and subscribe for free. Sign up now at recoveredlife.us. Dot us.